In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. I am free. Thank God. I am free. I am. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm Free with Minister Diane Jones. Ladies, this is the show that's here to give you stories of hope and healing from someone who has been there, someone who has fought back from the horrors of incest. Minister Diane's innocence was stolen from her in the land of alcoholism and mental illness, which led to her being emotionally, physically, and sexually abused by her parents. Yet in spite of the trauma of her early years, she went on to become a successful wife, mother, registered nurse, and minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Plus, she's a virtuous woman who can help you find that woman in your life. Don't let the weight of this world or things that happen to you control your life. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on Toginet. And now, here is your host, Minister Diane Jones. Well, here's your host, me, Minister Diane Jones. Hello, people. And happy Monday to you. This is a day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Tonight, I am rejoicing and am excited because I have another opportunity to be on the air with you again. And because I have another special guest who will be joining me on the air tonight. The week has gone by so fast from week to week, you know, from last Monday to now. To to me, it just seems like the week just raced by. So here we are again. Before you know it, here we are again. Isn't that wonderful? (laughs) In some ways, it's wonderful. In other ways, it's like, oh, my goodness, where is time going, Lord? (laughs) For me, this week was particularly tough, though, um, for several reasons. In addition to the president's announcement last week, I believe that was on the 9th of May, um, supporting... I'm not going to say same-sex marriage. I'm going to say supporting sexual abuse because I believe that same-sex marriage, same-sex relations are another form of sexual abuse. Why? Because it is abuse of what God created sex for, relations, sexual relations between a man and a woman. It is abuse of what God created sexual relations for. So, hearing that announcement sincerely troubled me last week, considering what I do and what we talk about on this show, because I know 
that when you approve sexual immorality, you say yes to sexual abuse of all kinds, all kinds, rape, pedophilia, various forms of molestation, for fornication, adultery. When you say yes to one kind, when you put a stamp of approval on it, you open the floodgates for all kinds, all forms of sexual abuse. So that was particularly troubling for me. But in addition to that, I faced some personal challenges of my own this week. And I had to take my own advice, what I tell you many times over, I had to pray. I had to sincerely seek the Lord this week for strength. And you know what? I cried to the Lord and he heard my cry. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I cried and he heard my cry. Today he met me in my place of need. He ministered to me and he renewed my strength so that I am ready and able to continue our mission. Thank you, Lord. What is our mission on this show? Well, we endeavor to reach out to hurting people, people who have been victimized by sexual abuse in any way, shape, or form. And we endeavor to increase the public awareness of sexual abuse. So I am ready, willing, and able to continue my mission in spite of what we've heard, in spite of what we've seen this past week, in spite of the so-called breaking news and the headlines and the outpouring uh, from the Hollywood community and the uh, activists, the gay activist community, just really putting their stamp of approval on all of this. In spite of what we hear, in spite of what we see, God is more than the world against us. If God be for us, who can be against us? He is more than the world against us. Hallelujah. He is more than the world against us. Right? Okay. To aid us, me and Chris, you know, I always have to mention my honey on the air. To aid us in our mission is a dear sister in the Lord, who I have had the pleasure of meeting uh, a couple of months ago. Uh, her name is Miss Norma Evans Barber. I met Mrs. Barber when I attended a workshop that she conducted back in February. February was the first one. And then in March, there was the follow-up uh, continuation to that one. And as I've told you all on the air, it was a very powerful workshop, a very powerful meeting. We experienced a very uh, powerful move of God. I believe that was because, for one thing, it was ordained. It was ordained by God. 
but also because the people responded to the message. They responded to the message, to the word, to the message that Mrs. Barber brought. And they were transparent in their response, not only before each other, not only with each other, but before the Lord. You know, the scriptures tell us to confess our faults one to the other so that we can be healed. And I believe that that was why it was such a powerful meeting, because the people, the participants were transparent with one another and before the Lord and the Lord, like he answered my prayer and like he heard my call, he answered their prayers and he answered their call. And so we just had a wonderful time in the Lord. Um, Sister Barber, Mrs. Barber is an author, an educator and a Bible teacher. So without further ado, I'm going to ask if Miss Norma is on the air. Can you hear me, Miss Norma? Yes, I am here. I'm on the air. Yeah. <laughs> How wonderful, are you? wonderful. I am good. How are you tonight? Oh, wonderful. Thank the Lord. Just good. grateful for his goodness. Yes. Amen. Amen. You sound nice and clear. Okay, good. (laughs) (laughs) I have my tea. When I talked to you earlier today, I did not get to confirm whether you would be sipping tea with me tonight or not. (laughs) Yes, I have a cup of chai peppermint. Oh, Ooh, (laughs) that sounds good. That sounds good. I like chai tea. Yes. More recently, I've tried peppermint, and uh, a long time ago, I didn't think I would like peppermint, but more recently, I've I've been having it, and I actually enjoy it. It's very good. Yes, I, I enjoy the peppermint. Tonight, I'm drinking um, rosehip and hibiscus, and I mixed it with some chamomile. Wow. <laughs> I know I it's good. Yes. <laughs> that has to be real good. I created my own concoction there. (laughs) Good. I'm so glad you would join me in a cup of tea, even though we are on the air. Um, People, I want to tell you that this is a good time for you to get a cup of tea if you don't have your tea already. Well, actually, maybe if you don't have it already, you should wait until after the break. Okay, we've got a few minutes before the break. We've got about two minutes. And so that's going to be just enough time, perhaps, for me to ask Mrs. Norma if she would like to tell us a little bit about herself and her homeland, where she's from. Okay. <laughs> well, I am I'm a Guyanese-American. I remember the judge said that there's no combination American when I became naturalized. So Mm -hmm. I guess I should say an American, but I originated from Guyana, which is right at the tip of South America. It used to be British Guyana, but it's got its independence, and it's now Guyana. I'm the last of a family of four, and we're scattered around there around the world. 
But um, I came to Howard in 1967. That's quite a while ago, 45 years ago. (laughs) Yeah, so I've been in America longer than I, I I really am a stranger to Guyana now. Mm. I studied sociology, anthropology, and with an education minor. And then I went on to the university. I did my master's also at Howard. And then I tried doing the doctorate at the University of Maryland, but my mother took sick, and I jumped on the plane. And that was the end of my doctorate. Oh, my. Mm -hmm. Wow. Well, we we have about 15 seconds, so I'm actually going to ask you to... Hold that thought because the tunes are coming and then we'll pick up after the break. Okay. Okay. Wonderful. Has a tragic past shattered your future or your now? Don't let it. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm Free with Minister Diane Jones. And we'll be right back after these. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Liberty Christian Center, located in Box Elder, South Dakota. They are a non-denominational, Bible-based, Holy Spirit-led deliverance ministry. Pastor Charles and Romika White, Liberty Christian Center. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Be here for Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer. Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Trisha will dig deep into topics that matter most to women, inspiring women to make a change in their own lives and to make a difference in the world, and maybe even deep within their own hearts. Trisha is a wife, mom, speaker, family expert, and author of 24 books. For more information on Trisha and Living Inspired, go to her website, trishagoyer.com. That's T-R-I-C-I-A-G-O-Y-E-R.com. Trisha's vision is to be the voice of hope and possibility for women of all ages. Her intention is to serve ordinary women by encouraging extraordinary things with God's help. Trisha expresses real life, real hope for real women. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer. Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Do holidays and celebrations get you down and leave you feeling frazzled? Then join Sandy Fowler and her guests on Heartfilled Holidays every Monday at noon, 11 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Sandy will help you discover the secrets to having the celebrations you've always dreamed of while adding fun and meaning to your life. From Valentine's Day to Christmas to special family events, Sandy Fowler will show you how to put the fun and meaning back into those special days by taking a look at what we can do to turn the upcoming holidays into cherished memories and show us how to allow it to intertwine with everyday life. For more on the show, Sandy, and to receive Sandy's Holiday Happiness Booklet, go to HeartfilledHolidays.com. Then get set to discover the secrets to creating happy holidays and happy everydays by joining Sandy Fowler and her guests on Heartfilled Holidays every Monday at noon Eastern Standard Time on Toginet.com. Thank God I am Welcome back to I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free. 
on toginet.com. The show dedicated to helping women find their way back to themselves after innocence was stolen by incest and abuse. Helping you heal. It's what we're all about. It's I'm not the woman I used to be. I'm free on Toginet. And now, back to your host, Minister Diane Jones. Okay, we're back on the air and we don't want to lose time. Um, I am not sure if that is my honey in the background making noise or if um, Mrs. Barber, if you have some activity going on there. If you, if so, you might want to still. Okay. This- I hope it's not me, but I'll I'll try to be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> Did, do you hear that, Sabrina? Sabrina or Chris, did you guys hear that? Okay, yeah, I was hearing it, but I'm not sure where it's coming from, so she said okay. it's okay. All, All right, right, wonderful. Okay, so Miss Miss Norma was telling us about her education and how you were working on your, did you say your doctorate? Yes, I started out to do a doctorate in at the Administration of Special Education because I had several years of working with the children with special needs, and right at the very end, I passed comps. I was admitted to candidacy, and then the news came that my mother was dying. Mm. So I got on the plane and went home, and I didn't continue. Mm-hmm. Uh, I tried again re- a few years after at Regent to do a doctorate in distance education, but I also gave that up. Mm-hmm. And I began to concentrate on writing instead. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Well, I know that out of, out of hardships and out of losses, um, a lot of times other things are birthed, beautiful things are birthed. So apparently the Lord had some other things for you to do, huh? Yes. <laughs> yes, indeed. yes, indeed. Well, I do know that you've authored more than one book, and I know that tonight we are specifically going to be talking about one of your books called uh, Princess Tamar's Tears. Yes. But um, before we talk about that book, uh, I we, we were talking earlier today, and I was telling you that the Lord put on my heart to have you talk about the workshop that uh, you do. And the one that I attended, and um, I want to I want to lead into that just by reading some of the information that you gave us when I attended the workshop. And this is uh, from the material. It says, "The mask we wear, just like today, the Bible is full of masked people. Jezebel was divisive. Ruth and Naomi were bitter. Herod was jealous and fearful. There are players." Mask and saboteurs mask. I hope I'm saying that right. Okay, saboteurs. Okay, saboteurs. Oh, that's fine. People okay. who sabotage each other. Okay, yeah. okay. <laughs> Elijah once wore a depressive mask until he learned that God had a rack of faithful people. People of African culture designed masks to help I'm sorry, to seek help or protection from the invisible world. Believers in Christ do not consult the dead ancestors. We know that there is only one mask we should aspire to wear, that of the image of Christ Jesus. 
then it goes on to ask questions. What mask or mask are you wearing that the world doesn't see? Everybody has a story. What is your story? Maybe you can pick it up from there um, and tell us about that workshop. Um, tell us about that workshop and, and maybe how, the, how you came, came to do that workshop. The workshop, I began the workshop through, I attended uh, a, a seminar I'm a member of the D.C. Area Writing Project, which is housed at Howard. Mm-hmm. And we had a summer activity, and the mask we wear was part of that activity. But as a Christian, I saw how I could use the whole idea and transfer it to the needs for people who are hurting and that's how I built around that theme, the workshop that you attended, and to to reach out to people, especially to women who are hurting. The first time I conducted that workshop, I did it with homeless women, mm. and it blew my mind because mm. in the in the, I think it was with the House, the House of Roots, women from the House of Roots. I had a friend who worked there, and I conducted a workshop for a group of women there, and their skills and talents, their transparency, their freedom to speak came out as mm-hmm. we worked on the mass and as they presented. And I, from then, I continued to use the workshop to reach out to hurting people. I was very surprised that men came to the workshop and they also were responsive. But that's how the workshop started. And okay. uh, it's, it's really is a, is a joy to do it mm-hmm. because of the, the, somehow I think the Holy Spirit anoints people then and gives them, it, it becomes a channel, the mass becomes a channel, a point of contact that people could share their life stories. And not everyone makes a mass. Some may just want to write. Some may want to do poetry. But out of that setting comes a lot of healing. And mm-hmm. then we're able to pray with the people and the Holy Spirit takes over and grant, gives us victory. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Now, I know that in the illustrations that you gave um, on, on two different occasions, you gave several illustrations from characters from people in the Bible, mm-hmm. and you described some of the masks that they wore. And um, I'm looking here at, Let's see, some of the list of names were Mother Rebecca, Sister yes. Miriam, yes. Cousin Abigail, Queen Esther. Mm-hmm. But when you talk about the mask that people wear, we're talking about the faces that people hide behind, correct? We're talking yes. about the, the false images and the faces that people hide behind yes. because they have underlying issues. They have yes. things going on internally in their spirit, in their emotions, and, but that they, that they don't show. That's right. For example, Mother Rebecca. 
She was a manipulator, and she manipulated between, I mean, we, we think of her as a great woman, but when we look into her character, she manipulated between her husband and her children. And so she wore the mask of manipulation. And um, Miriam, Miriam's mask sticks in my mind a lot because Miriam was the brother of the patriot Moses. But Miriam wore the mask of bigotry. She just didn't care for Moses' wife. So she hid behind that mask. I know when she got a chance, she talked with her brother Aaron and said, we can preach too. Did God call us to? And they, they went on with that conversation. And what intrigues me is that Miriam, <laughs> she was, the, the Lord turned her as white as she could be, a mm-hmm. leper white as snow in response to her condemnation of a black woman, because Moses married a woman of color. Mm-hmm. Then we think of um, Abigail. Abigail, she was married to a churl, but she was a woman of understanding, and she just wore that mask, and that enabled her to, to, to overcome that terrible marriage that she had. The Bible just talks about so many people, and I'm still adding to the list. Um, Martha, Martha was head of household. She wore the mask of the head of household. She just thought she had to take everybody's problem on and solve everybody's problem. She had all the answers, and she got upset if people didn't jump to help her. And Jesus spoke into her life and told her, you're concerned, you're over-concerned about temporal things. Mary chose the best part, and Mm -hmm. it won't be taken away from her. And, I mean, we go down these masks as I discuss them, and then people share that they create their own masks. They begin to identify with the characters, and then they go into a hands-on workshop and create their own math, and then they take over the workshop and share. And I become enlightened as I Mm -hmm. listen to the pain behind people. And as people begin to identify their own strengths and weaknesses and their needs and then request prayer, we're able to take it into a prayer session. Mm-hmm. And that's basically what the mass we wear is about. I remember in particular when we talked about, um, I mean, several of the masks, but when we talked about the head of household mask, I remember mm-hmm. how several of the women, I think, were surprised to see that because they wore that mask of so much strength, Mm-hmm. You know, uh, appearing to be so strong, uh, take charge type of people, able to accomplish things, but because they wore that mask, mm-hmm. over time they were finding that they were feeling unfulfilled and feeling hurt because others didn't step up like like to Martha. The <laughs> yes, correct, correct. And the Lord had to instruct them that they 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 were bringing it upon themselves without really knowing it. 
Uh oh, here come the tunes. We gotta we gotta come back after the break. <laughs> okay. Has a tragic past shattered your future or your now? Don't let it. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm Free with Minister Diane Jones. And we'll be right back after these. Homeschooling? Half questions? Get your pen and paper ready. It's the sociable homeschooler, Vivian McNinney. Fridays at 5, 4 Central on Toginet.com. After a handsome blue-eyed Texan fell in love with Vivian at the Victoria Station in London, she found herself at DFW Airport with a tiny suitcase and a snazzy little duffel bag. Well, 25 years later, she is now happily married to that blue-eyed cowboy. They have four grown children, ages 24 to 18, who became willing guinea pigs when she unwittingly stumbled upon the world of homeschooling. Wildflower Academy flourished for 15 years. They survived and thrived, and you can too. Vivian will be covering a wide range of issues that face homeschoolers. What do you do with kids in the summer? How to set up your one-room schoolhouse? How obedience is paramount? And what to do with those snakes? Plus, you'll be sharing ideas and insights that she gleaned from other homeschoolers. So join us for an engaging hour with a sociable homeschooler. Vivian McNinney, Friday afternoons at 5, 4 Central on toginet.com. Equipping the Saints Ministries. Our mission is to equip and mature the people God calls to do the things they are called to do with confidence and boldness and to create soldiers for the army of the Lord and to impact our communities. If you are not local, you may participate via conference calls or we can make information available to you via email. Equipping the Saints Ministries is home-based in Maryland. You may write to us at Post Office Box 1616, Clinton, Maryland, 20735, or email us at vir2us1 at verizon.net. Thank God I am Welcome back to I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on Toginet.com. The show dedicated to helping women find their way back to themselves after innocence was stolen by incest and abuse. Helping you heal. It's what we're all about. It's I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on Toginet. And now, back to your host, Minister Diane Jones. Okay, people, this is Minister Diane Jones, and I am talking to a wonderful woman in the Lord um, who is an author, who is an educator, who is a Bible teacher here in Maryland um, at her church, and this is Mrs. Norma Evans Barber, and we are talking about a workshop, The Mask We Wear. It's a workshop. Uh, for hurting hearts, and we were just talking about the mask of head of household, how so many women wear that mask, um, because I remember at the workshop how that one seemed to get a lot of attention when we talked about that, and several women talked about that. Feeling unfulfilled, 
feeling hurt because others had not stepped up to the plate in a in a in a real serious time of need. For instance, at the time of a funeral, or uh, at the time of an illness in the family, like someone taking care of the mother or the father and having no help. And um, I was getting ready to comment on how the Lord instructed us to tell them how to respond to that. But but do you want to talk about how what we ended up telling them? Do you remember what we ended up uh, emphasizing to several of those women, um, Mrs. Barber? I, I, there's so many that I, I can't exactly remember uh-huh. I, I, because um, I, I think I was so taken aback that after sharing the mask, there were such prompt responses mm-hmm. that um, the the young man that was there had kind of got me, gotten a hold of me. That I I was very impressed on how immediately the Holy Spirit worked so well. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that we tried to tell the head of household, the person who is trying to be head of household, that is that you can't please everyone. Mm-hmm. And um, Jesus had said, it's one to you when all men speak well of you. We're trying to please every member in the family. And, and, they, and they, actually what we're doing is training them to depend on us instead of to depend on the Lord. Mm-hmm. And um, they have to get rid of that mask and mm-hmm. start to uh, the 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 nice thing about that session was it seems like so many people receive freedom yes they, they release the uh, validation that they you know they can look after themselves without feeling carrying around that guilt mm-hmm. that everybody they 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 must be there to satisfy everybody's needs mhm Mm-hmm. Some of the specific, I'm looking at some of the applications um, and some of the phrases here are saying, uh, don't think you always have to have an answer. This is That's some right. of the advice that we were giving mm-hmm. them. Um, for that head of household, don't think you always have to have the answer. When you think that and when you portray that, then other people think that too. They think you That's always right. have the answer. <laughs> That's right. And they yeah. lean and depend more on you, and you yeah. keep on, um, you know, it's like a cycle. You just keep going around in that cycle. Self-fulfilling. Don't, don't offer solutions unless requested. That's it. <laughs> That's it. Sometimes all people need is a listening ear. Ooh, and this one was good. Don't rob the Holy Spirit of his work. Yes. Don't try to be God, the Holy Spirit for people. Let the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit do his work. He's mm-hmm. faithful. Yes. Amen. Amen. Learn to relax. Personal attention can sometimes be more beneficial than person comfort. Yes. So we have to, you know, I've been in that boat before, and we have to learn to relax. You know, especially if you've been forced into that situation. I I know in my spirit that a lot of women out there have been forced into that situation. 
you know, maybe because of your upbringing, you didn't have anybody that you could depend upon, and so you learned how to survive, you learned how to be strong, you did what you had to do, maybe you were taking care of siblings, you know, maybe you were taking care of parents, um, yeah. maybe your parents could have been drunk, drunks, or they could have been on drugs, or something like that, and so you were forced into that role, but I believe the Lord wants you to know now that you don't have to maintain that role. And I think sometimes, initially, the role is rewarding because everybody's attention is on you. Mm-hmm. But as years roll by, it becomes oh, yeah. a burden. Mm-hmm. But you, 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 you feel important because everybody's coming to you for advice and everybody's asking you and everybody's coming to your home and everybody's depending on you. But as the years roll by... It becomes a burden. It be- accumulates and becomes a burden. And then you get trapped by wearing a mask. Mm-hmm. And you can't keep it up. That's but, right. Yeah. I agree. I agree. I've, I've experienced it. And after a while, you feel like, you know, why isn't anybody here, there for you? I'm always giving. And you're not giving anything back. <laughs> That's it. Not getting it back. You train them to depend on you. So mm-hmm. there you go. <laughs> yes. Well, one of the masks that um, I don't think we talked about in the workshop itself, uh, it might have come up in some form from some of the masks here, but today uh, when I went to the sauna and I was relaxing and thinking about, well, actually, I wasn't even thinking about tonight, but the Lord began to put on my heart um, thoughts for tonight. And a mask that he began to deal with me about was uh, wrath. Okay. A mask of, there are many women, not only women, but there are many women who wear the mask and they pretend, this is the way the Lord gave it to me, they wear the mask as though everything is fine. Mm-hmm. But underneath the surface and deep down within the crevices of their heart, they are angry. And they are not only angry, but I mean they are destructively angry. And yeah. that's why he called it wrath. Yeah. Because wrath is more than just being angry. Wrath is a type of anger that is so destructive. It can be destructive to the individual because they they do things subconsciously. They put themselves in situations that um, destroy, uh, you know, the things in their own life, you know, break down communication, um, set themselves up for failure, ruin relationships. They just do this. They they act out in destructive ways to themselves and to others. But what I was sensing in my spirit is that these people, it's so deep that they don't acknowledge it as such. That's right. It becomes a mask. (laughs) It becomes a mask. Now, I, I think at one stage of my life, I had deep-seated anger and didn't mm-hmm. even realize it. If you had told me that I was an angry person, mm-hmm. I would have, you know, <laughs> opposed you. But mm-hmm. um, the Lord had to show me that 
I needed to deal with that anger mm-hmm. because, um, and it's dangerous because the Word of God tells us that the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Mm-hmm. And when we get in locked into that wrath, we, we cannot fulfill God's will. Mm-hmm. And I was able to deal with it through our church. We had some sessions on anger management. And mm-hmm. um, I really began to look at myself and to take the mask off mm-hmm. and to recognize that, you know, I do have, I mean, it was not prevailing, but in isolated cases, mm-hmm. my anger became wrath. And um, I had to deal with it through prayer, through first acknowledging it, and then praying, and then changing my attitude, changing my attitude. And hearing the Holy Spirit talking to me and telling me that there was a problem. Mm -hmm. And I think women women are self-sacrificers, they're givers, and they, they tend to have that root of bitterness when they don't get back the love and attention and the caring and the, you know, it's not reciprocated to them. Mm -hmm. It becomes a root of bitterness. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. it springs up at the right inappropriate moment and troubles you, as the word says. Right. Well, what I also sense is that, like you said, um, these people don't, these these women in particular, don't even know that they're dealing with this. They buried mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. They hide it. Um, they disguise it, I should say, behind religion and pretenses. Mm-hmm. Um, when they're really angry, they might start quoting a scripture. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yes. the Bible tells us thus and yes. so, thus and so, you know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, and it's their way of masking their true feelings because if they say how they really feel, <laughs> people might, might not respond too well towards That's them. right. But I also sense that these people in particular, they're angry about things that have happened to them in their past. Exactly, exactly. Things that others have done to them. Yes. Yes. And uh, Uh, it it stands in the way of spiritual growth. Yes. It's it's a mask, and it it has to be acknowledged. And like Mm -hmm. I said, in my case, I, I, I didn't think of myself as an angry person. Mm-hmm. But when I looked at it with the lenses of the Holy Spirit, I was. Yes. Okay, the tunes have caught us. Yes. <laughs> so now we have one more break, and we will continue. After the break, I'm actually going to ask you to pray okay. um, for people who are wearing masks tonight. Okay. Has a tragic past shattered your future or your now? Don't let it. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm Free with Minister Diane Jones. And we'll be right back after these. The Story of Me is a captivating and inspiring account of a woman able to overcome incest, abuse, and neglect 
to find a second chance at happiness. It is a story for those who have loved and been rejected, who have dreamt and fallen short, who have survived abuse, molestation, rape, or incest. The story of me is very inspirational for those who may see or find themselves in Diane Jones's story. You may purchase your copy of The Story of Me online at www.authorhouse.com or any of the major bookstores. Everyday Autism Miracles with Shannon Pinrod. Friday afternoons at 2, 1 central on toginet.com. Life after an autism spectrum diagnosis doesn't have to be difficult. It can be joyful, happy, and filled with hope. Join Shannon Penrod, author, speaker, coach, and mom of a six-year-old recovering from autism for this inspirational hour of hope. She's even authored a series of children's autism books with her son, Jim. For more information about the books, Shannon, and Everyday Autism Miracles, go to her website, shannonpenrod.com. From there, you can also get to her other websites, blogs, and connections. On Everyday Autism Miracles, you'll hear stories from parents whose children have made miraculous strides. You'll also get the inside dish on therapies, treatments, supplements, and how to get funding to help you afford them. Miracles abound in the autism community. So tune in for Everyday Autism Miracles to listen, share, laugh, and surround yourself with hope. Everyday Autism Miracles with Shannon Penrod. Friday afternoons at 2, 1 central on Toginet.com. Thank God I am free. I am free. Welcome back to I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on Toginet.com. The show dedicated to helping women find their way back to themselves after innocence was stolen by incest and abuse. Helping you heal. It's what we're all about. It's I'm not the woman I used to be. I'm free on Toginet. And now, back to your host, Minister Diane Jones. Amen. We are talking about the mask that we wear and the mask in particular right now before the break that we were talking about is the pretense that everything is fine. So I'm not exactly sure what I should call that mask, but the truth of the matter is that there's anger and that there's wrath behind this particular mask. Um, so I'm not sure what would we call that mask, a, a mask of pretense? Uh, <laughs> pretense. Pretense, I'm sure. Okay. I think of of Herod. He wore that mask of pretense. He was actually angry that mm -hmm. Jesus would have taken his place if Jesus had become king. And so he he played along with the game that he wanted to go to worship Christ. But in reality, he wanted to kill the baby. Mm -hmm. And he ended up killing the babies in 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 the city, but um, by God's help, Jesus was spared. But um, it's pretense. Okay. Fake. Okay. Well, we fake that everything is well, and it's not. Mm-hmm. You know, it's pretense, and we're okay. seething with anger. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Mm -hmm. I could talk a little bit more about that, but I would like to ask you to pray for our listeners because um, after we pray, then we want to get into talking about your book, uh, Princess Tamar's Tears. But if you would pray for our listeners tonight who are who are wearing the mask of pretense okay. or wearing other masks uh, as the Lord leads you. Heavenly Father, we are so glad that you are in in control of the airwaves and you're in control of the networks and that you are there and that you can hear us. We're so glad that you care and you love us and that you sent your son Jesus to die for us in our place. We thank you for his sacrifice at Calvary. We thank you for the Holy Spirit that comes to live with us, live in us and to show us ourselves and to make us conform us into the image of Christ. And tonight, as we agree, we come to you for, on behalf of those of our brothers and sisters out in the community, out on the, in the listening yes. ways that are carrying the burden of pretense, Yes. The anger, the the discouragement, the yes. the abuse, the the suffering that they have had in the past, oh, the yes. roots of bitterness that have been sowed by people treat, mistreating and abusing them and neglecting them and abandoning them and not being there for them when they needed help. We call on you for these people, men and women, who need you tonight, who need your anointing, who need your touch, who need your deliverance, who need your peace, because we know that you said, my peace I give unto you. I don't give like the world gives. Lord, oh, yes. you want us to have peace. You don't want us to walk around troubled. Lord, there are some who are disappointed, who are discouraged, who mm-hmm. don't know where to turn tonight. Yes. We call us to you on their behalf. And we yes. ask that you would deflate the anger and that they will be able to connect with you and find that peace and that yes. deliverance that you provide for those who call upon you. You said when we call upon you, when we seek you, we will find you if we seek you with our whole hearts. Give them a seeking spirit tonight. Let them seek after you because it's a promise that they will find you if they seek you with their own heart. We ask that you would strengthen them. Give them a heart of forgiveness. It starts with forgiveness to release, to relinquish the hurts and the damage that has been done us. We ask yes. that you give them a heart of forgiveness, a heart yes. of love, Lord. We thank you. Give us a heart like Christ who keeps forgiving us, who keeps forgiving us and not yes. even counting it against us. Give yes. them that heart and give them that peace and victory and help them to find Jesus as their yes. personal Savior. We thank yes. you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Bless your name, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Lord, have your way tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Hallelujah. It's kind of hard to move on. (laughs) Praise God. But I would, I would, um, I, I would like to have you 
tell us about, uh, because this is also in line with our topic, this is also, you know, for the hurting heart. Um, yeah. The book Princess Tamara's Tears uh, was a was a blessing to me. Um, it spoke to my heart uh, about my passion, um, you know, dealing with victims of sexual abuse. And of course, it's interesting to find that this is a biblical account. But if you would just tell us about this book and what motivated you to write this book. Let's see. I think we got. We still got a good five, seven minutes or so, so hopefully we'll get some. <laughs> well, I'll try to get as much in as I can. Okay. But the book evolved from a study. I teach Sunday school on Sundays. I mm-hmm. teach the adult Bible class. Mm-hmm. And we were working in the inner city. I encountered a problem of literacy and um Bible illiteracy, because people don't know the Bible. You know, they know Jesus about Jesus, they know about God. But to really know the Bible, we set about in our church to train people in Bible literacy. Mm-hmm. So I, as the superintendent of Sunday school, I stopped the quarterlies that we got from our denomination, and I began to use the Bible as my curriculum, and we began to walk through the Bible. And we were walking through the Bible until we came to Samuel, the story of Princess Tamar. And as I, I tend to do a lot of writing as I study the Bible. So the Lord put into my heart uh, to put the faith on Princess Tamar, because the books that I've been writing had the theme faces, and I, I had written two other books. I wrote um, about um, children of the promise, which is the story of Israel, the Israelites, and then I followed it with children of the new covenant, which is um, another trilogy. They were both trilogies, and so when we came when we came to Tamar. It was as if she was in a closet, and not a whole lot of people pick up Tamar. At the same time, the media was full of stories of abuse, Mm -hmm. sexual abuse. So it seemed like it was the right time. And I began to put a face on Princess Tamar and taught on her for, for just week after week. We just could not get away from Tamar. Mm-hmm. Each week, something new came up. And so we, I wrote this book in 13 chapters. The first one was, Are You Listening? to get people's attention. And then the next one was when um, her, the, the profile of a pedophile. Uh, her, his name was Amnon, who was her brother, and how he seduced her. Mm-hmm. And... Then the next chapter was Come Lie With Me, My Sister, and then the father's role in this whole story, King David, of all people, instead of talking out, he was silent, and there we go with the mask again, 
mm-hmm. he wouldn't, he was silent. And as, a reason, and as I studied the story, I realized that his silence did something to um, Tamer's biological brother. Amnon was not her brother on the mother's side. She, he was her brother on David's side. Mm-hmm. But she had a maternal brother who really looked out for her and loved her. But by David keeping silence and not acting on her behalf, Absalom took over the case. And he began to see, and you were talking earlier about anger, mm-hmm. he began to seethe with anger. And he was really angry at his dad, that the dad didn't do anything. And that anger was fed, and it ended up with Absalom dying a very tragic death. Mm-hmm. But um, David said nothing, and the family kept quiet while the little girl was suffering. Right. Then we talked about the parental roles in sexual abuse. King David does nothing. Then we talk about the ill effects of hatred, which you would say anger, wrath. Mm-hmm. He, Absalom wanted to take revenge, and that's what he did. He even tried to take the kingdom away from his father. Yep. Then um, the next chapter was how should a person deal with latent guilt? And this is talking about David. He was guilty for many reasons, and the book explains it. Um, How should you deal with it? Then the Bible significance of the shedding of blood. The father and the son reconcile. Can I? Can I? Can I just hold pause you for just a moment? Okay. Um, We only have a few seconds left. And I want you to at least be able to tell people how to get your books. And if we have any time left, then you can finish that thought. So can you tell people how to get your books and and what the books are for? Now, Princess Tamer's Tears, all my books are gotten from Ex Libris, X-L-I-B-R-I-S, publications. They should be at Amazon, but you can also go on the Internet and put my name under Ex Libris and it will bring up. The Princess Tamer's Tears is for the building of her church. Okay. The other books are for are for me. Okay, I'm so sorry we ran out of time. If we need to, I would love to have you come back as a guest sometime. Oh, thank you. You have <laughs> been very kind. Thank you very much, and I enjoyed talking with you.